Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guests. So today I'm joined by mentor, breakthrough coach, NLP practitioner and non-exec director, female entrepreneur, Charlotte Balbier. So welcome, Charlotte. Hello, it's so lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. It's absolutely great to have you on board today. Before we start, the name Balbier, it's a beautiful name and I've never heard of it before. Where does it come from? So originally it's um, from a German descent and then it went over to France, which is where my, well, well, my most recent family picked it up. So my grandfather, my dad's dad, he, um, is the Bal- that's where it comes from from Balbier from him yeah Balbier. it's a lovely name Balbier really lovely so there's lots of strings to your bow but can we please go back to these beautiful wedding dresses because you're from a dynasty of wedding gowns aren't you in that end what a beautiful industry what was that like growing up would have been amazing um, yeah I mean to be honest up until recently I knew nothing else so uh, my grandparents started in 1960 and um, months old and they were designing wedding dresses and it's quite a nice story they used to rent them out on a Saturday um, my nana made them all wow. they'd rent them out, and then she'd wash them during the week and she'd peg them out on the washing line <laughs> hilarious um, and that's how we started really humble beginnings you know they're not from anything not you know there wasn't money they had to borrow a hundred pounds from my great-grandmother uh, with interest because she was that's what she was like and um they grew it to be a multi-million pound company, uh, not overnight. They had um, seven independent bridal stores, the first ones in the UK. Before that, they were just in department stores. And then they realized that they needed to make that bigger because a ceiling point with that. So they went into manufacturing and export and being agents and all, all sorts of amazing things. And through the 60s, 70s and 80s, they were the go-to. I mean, my grandpa, Alan Wyatt, um, up until um, what, like four years ago, he was still a really influential figure in the industry, still on all the boards, and still working with me and my company. So yes, so that's where it started. And then my mum, uh, after they sold up, they sold out to a big company, and my mum went to work for them, hated it, and she was like, I really want to do something, and she's really creative as well. So she founded Amanda Wyatt um, on Valentine's Day, um, and yeah the rest is history really for for her it was really successful and then I noticed a massive gap in the market in 2003 thought there's a huge gap here for the kind of dresses that I wanted that my friends would have wanted something really cool feminine um and stylish so I thought you know what I'm gonna I'm really creative I'm really clever at designing I'm really good at marketing boom let's do it I didn't really think about it too much I just I just Just did did it it. Um, yeah your your mum's styles then uh, Amanda Wyatt styles how do they differ from yours are they more kind of traditional dresses and yeah I mean the two brands don't so Amanda Wyatt completely doesn't exist anymore when she sold her brand in 2017 they they rebranded it um sadly so that's which is a shame because it was a huge brand with a massive legacy yeah um but her dresses were 
very timeless, very classic. It was all about the fit for us with those dresses. So it was about, like all dresses, it's about making you feel the best version of yourself. On your yeah. wedding day, you want to feel like you, but the best version. Um, so we concentrated very much on fit and it being commercial because most girls want a dress that isn't too out there. You know, they want something that's still... So yeah. our rule was always 20 80% had to be commercial, 20% could be like really stylish and different. And we went into main, more mainstream kind of boutiques. So it was more quantity of having lots of boutiques that were selling dresses at a more affordable price. And we had 350 stockists, so it was a lot. Yeah, That's amazing. So you know yeah. your grandparents then, they were both tailors. So how did they meet? Um, actually working in Altrincham. Um, oh. So they were both, Manana was a seamstress, my grandpa was a tailor. They worked, and I can't remember what it was called. It's now Nando's. Oh, <laughs> really? <Altrincham>. Yeah. <laughs> they not have your wedding called... dresses hanging up in there then. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's called Taylor's or something. And um, yeah, they met there. And they were just friends to start with, but they were very similar in terms of they were both very creative. They both can turn their hands. To, I mean, I've not got my grandfather anymore, but my Nando's still around, and she still makes stuff. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, she can still make a wedding dress. She, 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 I mean, I got married, what, seven years ago, I think. And she, she made quite a few components to my dress. She could still do one now. I went around and said, I need a wedding dress by next week. I bet she could do it. So did you design your own wedding dress with input from, from your, yeah. is it your nana? Is, is, yeah. So you design your own. Oh, how lovely to be able to do yeah. that. It was hard though, because, um, you like a lot of women, you're kind of your own worst critic, aren't you? Definitely. And I'd say that I was probably less I was probably the slimmest I've ever been then <laughs> but probably the one of the least confident I've been it's weird and since having my son I'm a lot um more curvy but I'm probably more confident so yeah you, know, you can never get it all in one box can we as women for some yeah. reason yeah I know but yeah designing it was really hard because I kind of had so much exposure to so many different things. But like I always say, your dress finds you. And it's about when you put something on and it makes you feel amazing. It's a feeling. It's not how you look. Yeah. It doesn't matter if there's a mirror in front of you. It's about how you feel in that dress. And I knew when I was designing, I called it the Charlotte. When I was doing the Charlotte and I put the first version of it on. I just went, yeah, this feels like me. I feel nice. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, yeah, it's, it's very classic. It wasn't anything crazy. It was a very classic dress that you could wear probably in 20 years from now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was tricky. And then for the evening, I had some other dresses to wear that were a bit more fashiony and a bit more kind of um, sparkly because I just wanted something that was quite timeless in the day. And then I had something else in the evening. See, I was fine. When I, when I got married, I got married on the 12th of the 12th, 2012 at 12 o'clock and it finished Aww. at 12 o'clock. I had to have that date because it was the last year that you could do that for thousands of years, apparently. So people yeah, used to get married, didn't they? 10, 10, yeah. 10, 11, 11, 11. And um, I think, I'm not sure if this was the same for you. You kind of had a design in your head what you thought the Charlotte would be and then it might have changed along the way. But you go in with an idea, don't you? Quite, I think most brides do this. You go in with an idea, then you come out with something completely different. I know I did. And I was almost in tears. Like you say, I just put it on and I felt I could go, I'm going goozy now thinking about it. So it's true. It's a feeling. It's not just looking in the mirror. You just feel beautiful in it, don't you? Yeah. I always say, because now in my role that I do now, I train retailers how to sell wedding dresses because that's right. one of my genius is that I can sell wedding dresses all day long. And I always say to them, 
you need to kind of get across to your bride that it's not about how they look it's about how they're going to feel and the dress finds you person that you go and see in the shop they should they should know their stock so well and know women's body shapes and how it's going to make you feel so well that they'll instantly like I can girl can walk in and I'll know instantly what dress and they always buy the one that I suggest but that yeah. comes with confidence as yeah, well I've been think for a long time but you've got to build that trust with them that know like and trust so they do trust you to know that you're not going to put them in something just to get a sale you're going to put them in something that's going to make them feel absolutely I want people in a nice way to be crying you know, yeah, then you know I was I definitely them. was <laughs> It's just overwhelming, isn't it? It's a beautiful day shopping. It, it was just a lovely oh. experience all around. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, for most kids growing up, they might have had a dressing up box. I bet yours was top of the range, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Did you have dresses made to fit you when you were little as well? You know, oh, how I lovely. had the best dressing up box. So because we had so many shops and we were manufacturing, one of our main lines was flower girl dresses and Holy Communion as well. Beautiful. So my grandpop used to bring home for me every like all the time dresses. Um, and then back in the day, I'm showing my age now, those parasols. So you'd had like a parasol that matched Freud or Anglais around it. Um, and then my nana would like get me some of those awful plastic shoes to dress up in. And I thought <laughs> I was... Yeah, yeah, I remember those plastic shoes. You could buy them in packs of four, I think, couldn't yeah. you? <laughs> I still think them now in the shop. Yeah, you can. Like, oh, what a pair. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame they're too small for my feet now, unfortunately. Yeah. So can we talk about Charlotte Bridal then? So was that more of a yeah. wholesale then, Charlotte? Yes. So yeah. um, I launched Charlotte Balbier Bridal in 2003. Had it till 2017, built it from literally nothing. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, the first three years were really hard. Really um, tough, yeah. Oh yeah, the first year was easy, but the first year of most businesses is easy. Second and third year, that's the stretch zone. That's where it's going to really put you through it. And if you can, then that's why most businesses, you know, fail because they don't want to see it through. But I am very determined. So I was like, I'm going to do this. Once I got past three, year three, it was, it was brilliant. You know, still a lot of hard work, but it was amazing. And yes, I manufactured. So you could buy only my dresses through uh, approved retailers that I hand selected. Um, there were a more higher price point and there's less boutiques in the UK or the world actually that are a higher price point so there was less stockists but they were higher value so that's how it worked with that one so you couldn't have gone to say somewhere like um, Debenhams or you know somewhere like Selfridges and bought your dresses kind of thing they were no we did stop um, John Lewis with Amanda Wyatt for a long time when they had them so on Regent Street yeah, I mean, yeah, it was on, in London. Um, that's was our one of our flagship stores, and they had a massive bridal department, and they had mostly Amanda Wyatt. And we also um, used to manufacture for Remember Pranupture, which was like a big um, chain of stores, hundreds of them. It was a French company. Pranupture means like something like prenuptial something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we, so Amanda Wyatt, our company, we made a lot of the dresses, but then they put their own labels in. So it's not, so yeah, it wasn't well known, but that's one of the things we did as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how lovely. So where did you get your ideas from? I mean, do they just Everywhere. come to you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you know, I still get ideas now. I still jot things down I have some clients who are in the wedding industry so I often just give them <laughs> give them my ideas because I'm like then I can't do anything with them and it seems a shame for them to to kind of sit in my head 
but I was very inspired by my bride. So everything that I've ever done, whether it be in that career or this career that I've got now, it's always about with a person that my client, that's, that's my priority. That's yeah. what I do it for. So for me, it was about making sure that I was delivering what they what they wanted um but better than what they ever imagined you know i always say over deliver because it's you know go the extra mile it's never overcrowded Definitely. and that's what i did yeah so making dresses that girls wanted but making it beyond the wildest dreams i'm listening to what the retailers wanted it's about partnership that's what i do again now with the clients that i've got in the wedding industry i train them how to make their clients into brand partners not just to take an order and then say see you next year that's yeah. not how it works yeah. You must really miss it though, if you're not involved like you used to be. You must really miss that. It's clear that you've still got some passion for it. Yeah. 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 I mean I could talk about it till the cows come home because it literally is all I all I did and yeah. and it is ingrained in me and I think there'll always be a master's place in my heart. And I've kind of never ruled it out that one day I might Who design and arrange for somebody else. You know, you I would never say no to anything. It's not in my priority at the moment, but um but yeah you never know but yes I do the, the, the thing I miss the most is my brides because yeah to to be part of someone's special day is amazing yeah I was but thinking it must be a beautiful feeling to know that someone's getting married I mean they don't just get yeah. married on a Saturday anymore my, my day was a Wednesday people get married any day of the week don't they but what a lovely feeling knowing that someone's wearing your your beautiful dresses that you've designed on yeah. their wedding day the way I look at it is like someone trusted me enough with their outer appearance and how and the most important part like it's for a lot of people aside from like a house or a car it's one of the most expensive things they'll buy you know yeah. some of my dresses were six thousand pounds that's a lot of money like that is a lot of money for people to, to spend on one dress that you're going to wear for one day, one day. yeah yeah unless you're so, like me who's worn it recently but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there, i do get some messages from people saying oh i wore it around the house and like yeah. i love that i'm like where it is yours i mean i don't exactly. even know where mine are now i think mine remember the episode of friends where they're all sat there in the wedding dresses <laughs> i just want to do that and have a wine or a prosecco night a champagne night let's just sit in our wedding dresses because you just feel beautiful don't you seems a shame to keep them locked away somewhere like it is such a shame i've kept mine purely because i thought it'd be nice to show my little boy as well yeah, and like yeah. he's older and yeah, things like that. It's just, it's just nice. But yeah, I miss my, I miss the bride and I miss the retailers because they were, you know, we, we you become very close to somebody. But yeah. I'm very lucky since I've been mentoring full time. Um, I've had about twenty five bridal um people in the bridal trade that have been working with me. So oh, how lovely. I've still got, I've got four at the moment. So. I still feel like I've got a connection and people still come to me all the time and ask me and up until last year I was still doing a lot of um like judging awards and stuff like that I stepped down now this year because I just said I think it's time to let somebody that's in the industry do it because I'm not in the industry anymore yeah and you've and got to stay on a, trend haven't you I guess and really be up to date with it when you're in it haven't you yeah and it's not fair you know it, it's really good for you building your profile and building your brand when you get those kind of endorsements of being a judge or um, on a board or whatever it is and I felt like I wanted to let someone else have that opportunity that I had for all those years and I thought I don't do this anymore this is not my career anymore it's only fair to stand down so I did my last one and then I stood down and it felt it felt right it felt right, right the time yeah. yeah did you get many wedding invitations to go and attend and see your beautiful brides not masses no 
no, no. because they're all over the place uh, and because you don't meet all of your brides because they go through the stockist but what you do get is you get a lot of lovely letters and emails and pictures and gifts and you know beautiful things and even now after all these years of not being in it I still get girls send me pictures all the time I must have at least a thousand if not more following that's me that's lovely on though isn't it how lovely yeah. that's really sweet yeah, yeah very I mean, nice. one of my brides who got married um she must be get, she must have got married like 20 years ago we still speak all the time we've got such a lovely connection so yeah I feel very lucky I think it's testament to kind of like how I built it to be a brand not just a collection yeah definitely so when you were growing up obviously it was in your blood did you ever think you wanted to go in a different direction or was it just that was it for you you knew exactly you were going to go in that direction I think I had some crazy ideas <laughs> um, like I, remember I went traveling around the world and I was adamant that I was going to come back and I wanted to like be in the arts in some way like I was like oh I want to be a Spice Girl because they were really big when I was <laughs> which one would you have been like, though which one <laughs> oh, I think I probably would have been Jerry at the time Jerry. she was a bit cheeky uh, and I was definitely more cheeky back then. Now I'd probably be more like stay-at-home mum one if there was that yeah, option. Yeah, we will, you all get to that part, don't you? When you've had children, you completely change your outlook on things, don't you? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I wanted, I was like, oh, I want to be in a girl band or I want to be a TV presenter. And there was, I was, there was lots of things I wanted to do. But I've actually fulfilled those aspirations because I then ended up doing some TV stuff. I've not been a Spice Girl yet. But hey, I'm only <laughs> never say never. There's still plenty of time. That's nice, Mum. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, then. So moving on from the, the from the bridal dresses, even though we could talk about it all day, couldn't we? So that, like I say, there's many strings to your bow. So you're a non-exec director, and I know you can't say too much about it, but what can you tell us about that? What's, what sort of industries are you working in? Yeah, so what happened was last year, well, actually, no, it was the year before, I got approached by a couple of people who said they wanted me to do it. I'd never really heard of it before didn't really know what it was but I, I kind of now know it's kind of like just it's being on someone's board of directors yeah and but not being but being not being part of the management isn't it or yeah. something like that yeah, yeah. so I thought well it's quite I'm a nice role actually <laughs> the criteria is you've got to have had a business that you have built up to a certain turnover and you've got to have quite a lot of experience and you've got to be an expert in certain areas and it just ticked all my boxes and there's a lot of people that need someone that can because I do a lot of mentoring and coaching I'm very good at directing people so I can I can direct because when you're not working in a company like I can go in and sit with a board director or in lockdown be on a zoom meeting with a board director and it gets a bit political as you know it can do like and, and it gets they're all you know off its politics whereas I'm completely removed to it you know I'm not so I can be really good at saying, well, this is what the agenda is. This is what we're sticking to. And this is what I want you have done by. I end up coaching them and kicking the bums a bit. But, and then I'm like, this is what we need to do. So, you know, next time we do this, we need to have done X, Y, and Z. And also sharing the wealth of my, I mean, you're not meant to share too much. It's more about directing them, keeping them on track. But you do end up obviously sharing. I'm a very open book. So if yeah. I can bring table and they ask me I'm more than happy to share with people my I'm not going to just sit on that information so it's been really interesting it's been really really interesting it's hard to fit it in there with mentoring because I'm so busy with that so um at the moment I've only got 
two clients on the non-executive director and I'm not looking to take any more at the moment but I will do in the new year when I've when I've kind of like got things sorted with the mentoring and put people in a group program because at the moment it's all one-to-one yeah. but it's interesting it's really interesting yeah, so I've got you learn a lot from it as well yeah you learn loads and it's and I actually had a conversation with a, a law firm the other day and when they said they wanted to speak to me I thought hmm, I mean I'm really not that way out at all <laughs> them, I was like yeah I could bring loads to the table here there's loads of things I could help you with so we've kind of lined up that I'll um working with them soon and it was really interesting and it made me realize that I put a limiting belief on myself yeah of like, I think we I all do don't we yeah anyway we're creatives because I'm creative what a load of rubbish yeah so, all those skills you've got all is it 20 yeah. years it's amazing you can take them anywhere anything anything and and if it's not for you you might know somebody that can and I'm all for that as well like I yeah. always want to put people in so if I if I can't do it I won't say yes I can do it I'll be like think so-and-so is better let's get you connected and then they'll open the door for you and that's how it works yeah definitely so you're now an NLP practitioner Charlotte so tell our listeners what does NLP stand for so it stands for neuro-linguistic programming and how it came about was I've always mentored from being in my 20s which sounds crazy because I always think mentors is someone that's older but I suppose I was more of like a trainer stroke coach when I had my brand so I used to train all my retailers to be a brand partner then when I sold my brand everybody was coming to me and saying I want to know how you do it I want to know I want to like learn from you so I was doing all that and it was great but then it came really clear that all my clients had this a lot of the same mindset things going on and I, even though it's kind of common sense a lot of the time, I, I believe that if you go into advice on something, you kind of, especially when it comes to things like this, you need to know what you're talking about. And I listen massively into Tony Robbins, and he's always talking about NLP all yeah, the time. He's brilliant, brilliant yeah. guy, yeah. And I was like, hey, this Tony's onto something here. Like, you know, like if it's good enough for Tony, it's good enough for me. So I did a bit of research and I thought, okay, I'm re- this is really my street. It's all about reprogramming your subconscious mind. It's kind of very connected to hypnotherapy. I was going to say, is it like hypnotherapy? Yeah. Yeah. It's all connected. So I'm practitioner level. If you go to the next level, then you become a um, hypnotherapist as well, which I'll be doing. I'm actually going to be qualified in all of that next year. So I just thought it's, this sounds like totally up my street. It's a lot about kind of positive thinking, law of attraction, all the things I'm into. I'm very woo-woo as well. So I decided that I wanted to do it and it was amazing because I use it all the time. I use it on myself all the time and I use it on my clients, but I use it in just a way that people don't know you're doing it. So a lot of people are like, oh, can you do some NLP on me? And I'm like, I've been doing it all along. You just don't know it because I'm speaking to your subconscious mind all the time. I'm, I'm challenging your model of the world all the time. I'm giving you silent messages all the time. And that's why you're seeing these massive shifts in your mindset. So I don't sit with people on like, you can do a lot of the practices where it's like, can I ask your subconscious mind if you're ready to take the changes today? And you go through this process with them and it's brilliant. But for some people, it can feel a little bit uncomfortable and they expect at the end of it to feel like a new person and maybe, you know, this is going to happen. And it takes time, doesn't it? It can take more than one session, can't it? It definitely does. You see sometimes massive breakthroughs in one session, but it depends how open you are 
Yeah. And if you're working with someone that's very, 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 very close to it, they've never been exposed to this kind of stuff before, and you're asking them to tell them their deepest, darkest secret and to get really vulnerable and to be a bit woo, they're like, no thanks. <laughs> you're like, I didn't sign up for this. So you've got to, for me, I, I do it in a very, the way I do everything is a much more intuitive. So it's, I, yeah. I gauge what people need and then I go, at a speed that gets results quickly, but without making them feel uncomfortable because then you've lost them. I don't, lost I, them. that's just my way of doing it. So it's a way of, it's a changing your thought pattern, isn't it? If I'm right. Yeah. So yeah. if they've got lots of these negative thoughts, how you can turn that around and keep thinking positively. Yeah. I think I have brushed on it. I've brushed on it many years ago, but I know it's far more popular now. Um, but not everybody, like I say, knows what it's all about. Scared of it. You know, it sounds really, um, I've forgotten what it stands for already, but NLP, it's just <laughs> quite a long mouthful, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, it can be a, it's a little bit dated, you know, it is from the, it was written in the 1970s. So when you do read it, it is like there's parts of it that you do laugh, like you think it's not relevant to modern day, but there are parts of it that you can take and you can tailor it. What I loved about it when I, when I learned it was you can build it into so many different things and you can layer on it so you can go back and learn more and more and more you know it's as far as because you, you're limitless i believe that everything we do is limitless so you can just add more layers in and that's why i've decided to do the hypnotherapy and the timeline all the different things so just i always think it, it, it's more value for your client and it's also great for me like i learn so much and get so much therapy from myself so do you see clients similar to yourself or would you see people from all sorts of walks of life your patients or clients for NLP all all sorts of people I'd say that the common the most well they're all women that is the most common thing I'm not saying I would never work with a man but women are my, more open aren't they yeah and I think that they respond really well to the way I mentor people I think when men are more much more black and white and they need someone that's much more this is what we're doing this is you know like bang 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 and I'm not always like that I'm a bit more flowy with the way I do it and then the other common denominator normally is that they are either in a creative industry or they're having a massive crisis of confidence they've completely lost their direction in life a lot of like people that are going back into either their jobs or their careers or wanting to start a business after having a baby because it's a huge thing. And I think they relate to me because I had a baby, not what, he's, he's three on Saturday. So not that long ago. And I had a really tough time afterwards in so yeah. many different ways. And I'm very open about the fact that I've, I've really struggled with, with, with my depression, anxiety and postnatal depression and all sorts of things. So people resonate with that. And I can, or I can honestly help them from a place of I've been there walked I've, I've had those things I've had those thoughts so yeah, I can really, really help them so I've had a similar experience as myself and when I was younger I remember going to see a counsellor and I think there was a young girl who was just fresh out of uni or college didn't have a clue and I thought I can't relate to you yet when you meet somebody that you know can share their experiences it makes all the difference your irrational thoughts you know, your thought pattern your sleep you know your, the lack mm -hmm. of sleep anything you can relate to that and yeah. uh, immediately they've got you know they feel a connection with you so they feel they can open up more don't they yeah definitely building that rapport is, is so important and um, 
I'm not saying don't ever work with somebody that's not walked in your shoes because I think that it depends what you're looking for. But yeah. for something like this, I think it's always nice to work with someone that does really know or has a lot of empathy. And I am a complete empath that I do have empathy and I do genuinely care about my clients and it comes from a place of integrity and from the heart. So although I do talk to them about business as well, so I split it. So for me, I won't help them with, my, uh, with business until the mindset's right because I don't believe that you should do that because I know that I can tell you all the tricks, all the, all the secrets. I can introduce you to my little pink book of all my people that can help you with everything. If your mindset's not on it, yeah. you're not going to do anything. It's not going to happen. It's not gonna it's too negative. You don't, I don't let people get to that the next stage till they kind of like mastered the first bit. And the results are really like amazing though. I can do one session and completely, I can see them like they're sat in front of, uh, they're sat in front of me or on the Zoom and you can see that like everything just changes and they've gone from, I had one client and she couldn't even look at me on the Zoom because she was just feeling so down. It was all, you know, like I really felt it. By the end of it, she was really like engaging. By the end of our eight sessions, well, she managed, she launched a brand, she was selling, she was, yeah, like amazing, like just completely different person. So anything's possible. There's no limit on anything, but you have to trust the process. You know, I'm not going to do one session and change your life because that doesn't happen. Like no. if that was possible, not even Paul McKenna, Tony Robbins, all these people that are masters of NLP or masters of all that stuff, you see them doing like you can watch Tony doing his stuff and I'm sure that person feels amazing for that day but the next day when Tony's not around or whoever you know you need that constant and that's why it's important to work with people over a long period of time if you want everlasting changes which is what we do we don't want a quick fix yeah I suppose it relates to people as well that you know on lockdown they've been through covid and they've got to get back out there again it can really help with that as well I'm sure you probably had clients in that area as well Absolutely. So I've never been busier. Yeah. <laughs> we're in lockdown and I said, I'm not going to work in lockdown because I'm going to have a two year old at home. I'm a single mom. I mean, his dad's around. His dad's amazing. Like he's really like just loads of them, but still it's hard on your own, especially in lockdown with no other support around you and no nursery, which was, I was like, Oh gosh, so, well, I'm not going to work. I'll just take, I'll just take some time out. It's fine. Then all these people were reaching out to me and I really wanted to help them. So I said, okay, I can take on a couple of clients because my, my husband, my ex-husband, he got put on um, furlough on day one. So he said, well, you might as well crack on, you know, and carry on. So I said, right, I'll put myself out there. And I've just been really, really busy. And then since we've come out of lockdown, it's just gone boom again. Like so many people, because people are like, okay, I'm either going to go back to work but I'm going to get that job that I want I'm going to like really go for it or I've decided that I don't want to do that job anymore I've always wanted to do x y and z but I need someone to firstly get my mindset in the right place and then b to tell me kind of how how to do it so it's been amazing watching all these new entrepreneurs even people like in my I call my inner circle like my um, VA that works for me she doesn't do it full time she has a job, but I've inspired her so much. She's, she's going to like go into doing more of the VA work. She was yeah, like, I brilliant. just working you and you really made me feel amazing. So I've done that without even kind of realizing. And yeah. I'll <laughs> so, it's, yeah. it's, it's brilliant. I mean, lockdown, 
I know for a lot of people, it's been a terrible experience and people have lost their jobs. Yeah. But I mean, very similar to you. I've never been busier during lockdown. And um, I know, is it Harry, your son? Did he say yeah. he was three? So yeah, he's not quite at school yet. I'm not sure if you've been doing any, any um, homeschooling with him. But I've got a 12-year-old and a, and a 17-year-old. Not that the 17-year-old year old would need my help but homeschooling as well as trying to work and and build a website and do everything else it's been quite you know challenging but I've really loved it I've kind of really been driven during lockdown me don't too. get me wrong it's been a bit groundhog some days when you can't go out but yeah, I've really quite enjoyed it it's been a time to kind of reconnect with the family and regroup no I agree I've not found it a neg- the only negative is I've not stopped eating you're not alone you're not alone can you tell i'm just showing you my top half <laughs> i'm the same uh, I'm, I'm really glad for these zoom calls actually yeah at the moment. brilliant i know my mum said to me today you're going to start doing you in person ones and i was like yes when i've yeah. lost two zone. but yeah it, and you know i kind of made a choice I, I remember the first day we went into lockdown and i thought i could go either way with this i could either get really down and yeah. really I'm really anxious because I like you know I didn't know what like everybody I was like what is what's going on or I can pivot my business and I can enjoy this time with my little boy which I'm never going to have again so I did I just went for it and I invested in, in a new coach for myself mentor to kind of get me to the next level of where I wanted to be because personal development for me is huge like I love working with somebody and I was just like, right, all out. I'm going all out. And I just enjoyed as well being a mum. Yeah. And having that time. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. So you're also a coach and a mentor. What's the difference? Yeah, what's the difference between coaching and mentoring? It's such a blurred line. And some people will refer to me as a coach. Some people do as a mentor. I don't mind. I prefer mentor just because of the fact that I have got a lot of experience. So if you're a coach... It's more taking somebody from where they want to be to the next thing and keeping them accountable, but not always telling them what to do. It's like asking probing questions to unlock things, which you definitely should always do. Whereas a mentor, you do share the wealth of your experience a little bit more and, and being a bit more of an open book. So I feel like it's a very blurred line for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of somewhere in between. But I always say that I'm more of a mentor because I have got that experience and I've got proven track record of, of the results and I will share it with people. But then I also don't do all the work at all for them. Like, that's not my job. Like, I yeah. am not a consultant, so I'm not going to do the work for you. If you're not ready to put the work in, both with the mindset, because the mindset's just as much work as the actual physical work of doing the whatever it is you're doing. So I don't do that part. That's the bit I don't do. But it all fits in lovely with the NLP as well, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah. So you can yeah. just do NLP on its own. I mean, there's lots of people that just do the NLP and they, um, yeah, that, that's, their, that's their bread and butter and then they do that all the time and that's great. But for me, I just love helping with the marketing side as well. Like I love marketing, I love business, I love development and brand as well, like being a brand. I work with yeah. a lot of brands who want to go to like the next level. So that's, I like combining it all, you know, I, I'm very lucky that I can, I can do it all, but I'm predominantly mindset because I won't let them get to the next stage till they've done that. 
That's brilliant. So you're an entrepreneur. You're clearly very busy and juggling all these, all these things. And your mum, you've got young Harry. For people listening then who want it all just like you, how many hours a day do you work? Do you work every day or do you have days off? How do you fit it all in? So at the moment, I'm in a massive growth um, and stretch part of, the, of my of this business so at the moment I'm working long hours I'm not going to wrap it up when people say oh you can just work a couple of hours a day from the beach and you're going to be a millionaire I'm not saying no one's ever like that that. (laughs) I'm not saying no one's ever done it but I don't know many people that can do it and they're telling the truth you've got to put the work in like there are times when it's the, the, the stretch zone where you are going to expand you know you're pivoting whatever it is you're going to do and I am massively doing that at the moment last year I only worked two days a week but I chose that was my choice I wanted to be with my little boy yeah I didn't want to have loads of clients so but then I couldn't grow it so it reached a ceiling very very quickly and then I had quite a lot of time out again this year I'm wanting to grow so at the moment my days are like today's my longest day so I get up at five every single day um, and do practice my gratitude do my journaling all that all my woo-woo stuff um, I love that word woo-woo woo-woo love it <laughs> And then my little boy gets up really early as well. So it's a bit of a blur. Like it's, it's all action stations as it is with children in life. Yeah. Why do they I mean, like I'm, an early start? What is um, that all about? He loves it. And, but you know, it's been good for me because I wasn't a morning person when I had my other business. I was a night owl. So I stay at the studio and at the, everything till 10, 11 o'clock. I could. Whereas now I can't do that. And I don't want to do that because I've got, I've got my little boy. So I get up really, really early and then he's off to school. Then once he's at school, I do exercise. So I try and do cardio or yoga or whatever it is. Get my mind, with me, that gets my mindset. Well, it's brilliant. Any exercise is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, so good. So it's such an important, and I I really encourage my clients as well, like to build that into their day. And then today, like I say, Tuesday is my longest day. So I don't actually finish till 10 o'clock tonight. I have a break though, between four and eight, where I'm with Harry, because I think he's much and we go to the park and whatever although my mum's picking him up today just because I've got a manic manic day but this evening I do a group coaching call um which is all spiritual I'm in a spiritual circle it's beautiful it's really so it doesn't feel like work it's just gorgeous it's really nourishing for the soul um so I do that on a Tuesday at nine till ten and then I feel pretty chilled after that so I normally then just go to bed and yeah. do Affirmations and everything, but then today's been manic. I've had client calls. I've been on the phone to protect people because I'm having a new website built. I'm doing this with you. I've been out for a walk with my friend's dog. You know, you get to the end of the day, and I'm like, wow, I've done a lot today. It's but then lot, you yeah. get to five, and you go to go to bed till ten. You, it's amazing how much you, you can, can get do. a lot done. That's not my typical day. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm doing that every single day. No, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. So at the moment, I don't work Fridays, but come September, Harry is going to be in um, preschool five days a week, um, because I'm going to go completely full time in the business because I need to because I'm I'm busy and I need and I want to do it. But then on the weekends, if I'm not in a growth spurt, I don't work Saturdays and Sundays. However, recently I've been putting a little bit of extra hours in. You know, when you work for yourself and you really want to grow and everything, it doesn't feel like work. And I know it's not forever because I remember when I had my other brand, I had to do that. But then I could reap the rewards. So I've yeah. got, I'm very goal orientated. So I've got really big goals. So if I want to reach them, I've got to put the hours in. 
Yeah, I can hear the dog yeah. having a shake in the background. It just reminds me of my oh, dog. Okay. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. You can bring him on board if you want to. So you're clearly into the well-being, Charlotte, which is, is brilliant for everybody. So what motivates you? You must have days where you think, oh, you're tired, you might not have slept, you may have had a late night. What gets you going? What motivates you to think, right, no, I've got to get on with my day? So the biggest motivation is definitely wanting to provide for, my, for, for Harry and I. Um, if I like start to feel like, oh, I just want to like have a bit of a chill or I want to like, I don't feel like doing this or whatever. Because you know, when you work for yourself and there's no one here to tell me what to do, you could easily watch, you know, you watch, the thing is, I would say, if you start watching TV, it's game over. Were you going to say Love Island then? You were going to say Love no, Island then? No, Lorraine, <laughs> in the morning. So, you oh, know, like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put the TV on and I'm like, oh, watch Ben Lorraine, or watch Ben yeah. Lou Swimming. Well, you know, it's time to go and pick up Harry and you've done yeah, nothing. So, yeah. I don't, that would just make me so cross with myself. I'd be so angry. I'd be like, oh, what a waste of a day. It's one thing having a day off and going and doing something gorgeous and really nice. That's all for that. You know, if you want to go shopping or a spa or lunch or blah, blah, blah. But I don't want to just sit around. I don't even watch TV. Like, it's not for me. Um, so that's my biggest motivation is I'm, all, I'm very goal-orientated. I really want to do well. And I also have to show up for my clients. Like this morning, I had a client call really early um, this morning. So I'm excited to sit yeah, And you've got to be ready, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you sat in front of somebody and they're wanting you to help them with so many different things. So I need to be there. I need to show up. And I'm excited to hear what they've been doing as well because they have that time in between our sessions to action a lot of stuff. And I want to know what they've done. And, you know, why, and if they haven't done it, why they haven't done it, although they do normally always have done everything. So that just really motivates me as well. And then when it comes to the exercise, it's two things. It's like, one, I know it helps my mindset. If I don't exercise, I don't have as good a mindset. And two, I've put on loads of weight in lockdown, I'm going to be really honest. <laughs> yeah, we all have. Don't worry, you're not alone. You look amazing yeah. from here, but yeah, we're all, you're not alone. That motivates me because like, nothing fits. No, <laughs> so it's I'm awful, like, isn't it? And the thing is, when lockdown first started, and we're all sat around having family dinners most nights, rather than just every now and then when you can grab them together, and then the wine comes out, and then the cheese and biscuits, oh, just go to the shop and get some chocolate. It's terrible, isn't it? And at the time, it was really enjoyable, but it's really hard to get out of that routine isn't it yeah I was treating it like it was Christmas day every day yeah exactly like, why not chocolate for breakfast yeah why not you why know, not? Like, but I've just drawn a line to it now and yeah. about two weeks ago I was like okay you've had your party you, you've yeah. had it you're done like that's it because I don't want to get to I've got like a target for April next year quite a lot of things both in the business and my life and I thought that's not far away like that will come around really quick I do not want to be sat thinking oh wish I'd done that look at my vision board and look at my goals and all that and think well I didn't do half of them or whatever I want to be like I've done all of them yeah I've done all of them for this year bar one the one thing I haven't done was go to Los Angeles because I couldn't because but that wasn't your fault was it is that yeah. of your hands yeah so I just put that onto the mood board for next year but I've still done everything else because I like to do I just like doing like getting getting to where I need to be I hate staying still yeah definitely being stale so can we talk about all the pretty yes yeah what's all the pretty tell us about that is that something new you're working on no so actually i've just closed all the pretty Ah, okay Um, so when i sold charlotte balbier bridal i wasn't exactly sure what direction i was going to be going i got very lost and and very confused because 
stuck basically like lost my identity and being a new mum and all those things and I couldn't use Charlotte Balbier I had to be it had to be something else so I decided everyone always called me the princess of pretty when I had Charlotte Balbier bridal because it was just such a pretty brand so people that was what the press called not me but the, the brand the brand yeah so I was like, all oh, the pretty. That kind of sums up what I do. I make things pretty. Whether it's a photo shoot, whether it's a dress collection, whether it's a person, whatever it is, I always make it pretty. And I was doing a lot of um, like styling and stuff like that. But I didn't want to do it. I just was doing it because people were asking me and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, oh, well, I'll do this. I was like a candle in the window. I was like, ooh, like floating yeah, which around. Which way, which way, yeah. yeah. But nothing felt right. It was just awful. I was just like, this, this just doesn't feel right. This is not for me. And I chopped and changed, chopped and changed, like constantly. It's only when I fully realized that I am amazing at my mindset. I'm amazing at my gifts are with, with people bringing out the best of them. That's my gift in life. And when I realized that and I stepped into my truth and my purpose, which I did, um, basically only really in January this year because I, I just said I'm not doing all those things that don't serve me all those things that yes I can do them but they don't feel that they're for me why am I saying yes to them Stop and they drain you don't they you just feel drained yeah so drained. so I could then become Charlotte Valvier again so next technically maybe even this week probably actually on Friday you will see my new brand being released yeah exciting yeah and the website is being built as we speak right now. And it will just purely be mindset, marketing, business, me bringing out the best in you and making you limitless in both mindset and success. And I've rebranded it gorgeous. Like I'm obsessed. I can't stop looking at it. I keep looking at it on the phone. I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. It's so oh, pretty. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait. Um, and then next year I have some really big plans <laughs> really really big but you know what if you don't give yourself plans that are really testing you then you know you kind of just will just plod along and I don't want to I really want to go for it no I can t- definitely tell you are not a plodder there's no <laughs> stale water around your feet or ankles definitely not Charlotte no, no. so yeah so it's very exciting so all the pretty was great in, in terms of it was really pretty and I did some really lovely things with it. I was doing in-person events and I was training people, and, but it just didn't feel right. And it yeah. didn't align with a lot of my values. And if you're not living in your values and your purpose, then you're not, you shouldn't be doing it. No, definitely not. Charlotte, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you today. I could keep on talking to you. I really could. And I wish you all the best with your endeavours. I hope you get to Los Angeles next year. Hopefully things would have changed. I look forward to the launch of your new website. And what's next for Charlotte Balbier? So thank you very much for joining the podcast today. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to An Appetite for Life, sponsored by Daybank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. If you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show, then you can contact me via my social media pages, Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send an email to karenlindakelly at btinternet.com.